into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind the scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! We kind of had to start with that because Santa. Oh, Santa's wonderful. Hello, Red vs. Blue fans, and welcome to another episode of the AfterBuzz Red vs. Blue After Show. We are Today we are covering episodes 9 through 12, and I think we can cut the intro music now because I can't think through it. <laughs> I just kind of go, I want hot chocolate. I know, hot chocolate with marshmallows and It's cookies. 90 Christmas. degrees in L.A., and I want I hot chocolate. I feel like chocolate. that's mostly our Christmas, is Christmas usually 90 chocolate. degrees with hot chocolate. Yes. <laughs> it's California. Anyway, it's California. joining me on the panel today is Alexis Red Army Taurus. Uh, hi. Oh, I was this close. I thought you were going to say record, and I was like, yeah, right. No, uh, that's uh, the other show. <laughs> you can find me all over the interwebs as Torres 890 Megan Blue Army Salinas. Hey guys, you can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. And I am Katie Project Freelancer Cullen. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaxet. That's K I A X E T. We are taking your questions and your comments today with the ABTV RVB hashtag. So if you say that on Twitter, we will be able to ask your questions and mm-hmm, comments mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. our lovely guests, Miles Luna. <laughs> Do we have audio? Hello. There we go. We have audio. Miles Luna and Aaron Zek. Hey guys. You guys look amazing. Thank you so much for coming on today. No, thank you for having us. Yes. Of course, having you back in what the span of like four days, right? (laughs) Too much of me. Too much. No, no, never enough. I actually want to start off with a question from Twitter because this one showed up in my notifications and I have to ask it. The question is, Miles, which person or character is your inspiration for playing Felix? And the question comes from one Rebecca Luna. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That face. (laughs) Hi, Mom. Love you. I can feel better. Uh, (laughs) That is the best answer you can give, by the way. What characters are my inspiration? My evil mother growing up with... No, I'm just kidding. It's the nicest person ever, and she'd bake you all cookies if she knew your dress. I was going to say, mad shade to mama over there. (laughs) Inspirations for Felix. I mean, I I sat down, and I took a long, hard look at who my favorite villains are. And, like, a lot of, like, all-time villains that come up are, like, people like Darth Vader, who's, like, super scary and stuff. (laughs) But but I, I wanted... I would try to think back to villains that I really, really love, despite the fact that I hated them so much. I think probably two of the... the I think the top three would probably be Gladys, Handsome Jack, and the Joker, or like... Oh. You know, oh. All of those make sense. Yeah, completely. All, all of those together make a terrifying and, amount of sense. And, and all that stuff. It's like, you you just want to hit them whenever they talk, but at the same time, they make you laugh. And that was the, that was the goal with Felix, was somebody that you love to hate. 
You succeeded. I was going to say, I'm, I feel like I'm the only person that doesn't want to hit Felix, but like at the same time, I do hate him with like a fiery passion. So well, I don't weird. really want to hit him either. I just kind of want to throw him off a cliff and see what happens. Maybe high-five high him in the face with a chair. I don't yes. know. I haven't decided yet. Well, half, half of my notes when Felix comes on screen are just profanity, so half of my notes are not air-appropriate. But that mean, I think that means you've done your job really well. Well, thank you. Aaron, same question for you. What are your uh, inspirations for Emily Gray? Oh, goodness. Um, pretty, we talked about someone uh, when we were... Uh, hmm. I feel like we did. Oh, oh wait. Uh, the, the evil doctor... Well, not the evil doctor. The uh, doctor in Borderlands. Dr. Tannis. Dr. Tannis oh. was a big inspiration because he's neurotic, but he's also still, like, smart. Yeah, she's like this, um, like, the, the difference between Tannis and Grey would be, whereas Dr. Tannis was this woman who went crazy and became a social recluse, Grey is this woman that went crazy and just doesn't give a damn about personal space or anything. <laughs> it's just, like, all up in your biz inspecting you and stuff. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is multiple flavors of wonderful. <laughs> and we actually had a question from Tumblr. Thank you to everyone who sent in all of your Tumblr questions. Let me see if I can track this down. Yes, it's from Unfair Lawyer. Nice. Will we hear any more of Dr. Gray's wonderful psychotic singing? <gasps> I don't know. That's not my call. <laughs> Uh, I I'm trying to think if we have any moments. I don't know if we have any if we, if we have any singing moments. You'll have to tune in to find out. But I mean, if, if you if you know if you ever watch an episode and Dr. Gray isn't singing in it, just assume that as soon as she was done doing whatever she was doing on screen, she went off and she just rehearsed her favorite piece. Yeah. Blooper well, reel. like sawing someone's leg off or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just to drown it out. Yeah. Blooper reel material. Yes, please. That sounds wonderful. So let's swing into the recap, and I want to take this by topics because we do have four episodes that we're talking about, and going beat by beat is going to yeah, take forever. Yeah. Let's not. <laughs> let's do talk that. about Santa. <laughs> we started with a Christmas Carol. We got to start with Santa. I mean, I would have been upset if you yeah. didn't. You and I love that episode nine was "You Better Watch Out." Yes, that was pretty it was so cool. And that is the song that we started with today. I think you guys missed that earlier. <laughs> Yeah, Miles has a big boner for, uh... <laughs> I like coming up with title names. Title ch- and chapter titles are really, really fun. Well, like, well, we like, like case in point, Fed vs. New last season was something I've been sitting on for over a year and was like, yeah, finally! <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Chapter titles for things. Same goes for Ruby. <laughs> well, for these chapters, we have You Better Watch Out, Temple of the Key, Dish Best Served, and Off Key. And I thought that last one was particularly apt. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. So, Santa. Are you asking Santa? There's a phrase in every after show that I just can't say. The robots in disguise as the squirrels for here at Santa. Decepticon, of course. Yeah, I know. And the fact that he insists on being called Santa now. I refuse to call you that, though. It's wonderful. I'm so glad somebody said it. Sorry, Church, you're not cool. The office really, really difficult. Because, you know, we're all tired, we're all, like, working really, really hard. 
And it's uh, it's somewhat strange to go into a conversation with complete sincerity and seriousness and go, guys, we really need to talk about Santa. In this <laughs> it's always like a, sorry, sorry. Anyways, yeah, the alien thing. Uh, <laughs> funny that Santa is bringing such bad news at the beginning of these four episodes. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's happened in fiction more than yeah. once. He actually brings a lot of gifts. The problem is, they've already fallen into the wrong hands. Yep. We have all of these temples that are, I wrote them all down, arms, weather manipulation, which is my personal favorite, procreation, communication, interior decorating. Interior decorating. <laughs> the temple of interior decorating. Yes, that's my and favorite. bountiful harvest. So these are aliens who had a lot to give and didn't seem to want anything in return. That's, I don't like that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well like it was, that. you know, um, every now and then Red vs. Blue will, uh, you know, take some inspiration from the Halo franchise in which it was born from. And um, that was one thing I always thought was super weird about the Forerunner, was that they left behind just these giant, super destructive and powerful things, just, you know, in case. (laughs) When we started getting to the Alien storyline, you know, I thought it was, you know, again, a lot of the stuff uh, where, and where the story comes from comes from the uh, the maps that we have available to us in uh, in the multiplayer mode. And seeing as pretty much all the maps that we hadn't used yet were alien in some way, shape, or form, I knew that eventually the story was going to have to go that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just like all the different temples were... Uh, the first draft of that script, they were all really serious. And, like There was some that were like really thought out. And I was like, oh yeah, it'd be super cool if they had this, super cool if they had that. But then it just felt kind of weird and boring. So then I was like, well, let's just give them some silly towers, like interior decorating. Fuck yeah, these aliens would have, like, you know, really, they would feng shui it and everything. Like, I don't know. It was it was, uh, it was was fun coming up with, with different temples. Aesthetic. Yeah. I can't remember all the ones that came before interior decorating, but interior decorating was my favorite silly temple. Same here. That's a pretty good one. And we find out that there is a key that will activate them in much the same way that we have the key is the sword, the sword is a mm-hmm. key, it unlocks people's deaths. I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan, and that quote comes out <laughs> so often. And that it hasn't been activated yet. So now we have a race for the key, and a trap going down, and our party's pinned. So it's a pretty good cliffhanger at the end of this episode. And we wind up with, I, I just, I want to get to this Doyle of oh, all people. Yes. That, to me, was an interesting choice because so far Doyle hadn't really done anything but tick off the world by disrespecting Kimball. <laughs> yeah, there's that. I forgot about that. But no, I'm actually... She calls him general. He calls her miss. Yeah. There's a problem. Yeah. But, I mean, I am kind of glad that Doyle got got to shine a little bit. I mean, okay, maybe not shine. <laughs> maybe that's the wrong word. But, you know what I mean. Like, I'm kind of glad that he, that he was more involved. Yeah, no, this is the most impressed I've ever been with his character in this entire series was mm-hmm. this set of episodes because it's the first time we've seen him go out into the field yes. and be on the front lines, whereas Kimball's been on the front lines for ages and ages, so of course she's really short-tempered mm-hmm. with him because he's sat behind a desk for so long. Well, and Doyle was a secretary. He doesn't know how to army. He doesn't know how to war. He doesn't know how to do any of it. He doesn't know how to war. But he has to do it anyway. Yeah. And so we got a lot of development from Kimball just because the first half of season 12 was all focused on yeah. the rebellion and on her and all that fun stuff. So now we're getting to see him, and now we're getting to see him have to deal 
yeah. with the front lines, deal with war, deal with the consequences, and come face to face with Felix, who at that time was doing his deep, scary <laughs> voice. <laughs> All right, let's not stop phoning at the mouth, okay? <laughs> Just God. I what? Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, that was my favorite line out of all four of the like. Of the, besides, like, I refuse to call you that. Like, those are like my top lines these the, past four episodes. I have quite a few lines written down in caps lock. Mine has to be Wash's zinger, but we will get to that yes. because that that is. If I had a mic, I would have dropped it at that point. <laughs> I, I love Carolina calling uh, calling her the smartest person on yes. course. Yes. yes. Oh, there was a 50-50 chance. <laughs> yeah, so have we pretty much covered Doyle? Do we want to go into... Um, just I, I want to ask, uh, what prompted actually putting Doyle out on the front lines? Well, one of um, my biggest um, goals for the Chorus Trilogy was to make people actually care about the people on Chorus. Um, we'd had the Reds and Blues for 10 years, and everybody loved the Reds and Blues. Everybody cared about the Reds and Blues. Every time Caboose is in danger, Jesus Christ, watch out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, So, you know, one of the reasons why the, the list of cast members exploded this trilogy was, well, A, because I'm crazy, um, and B, because uh, I, I, I really wanted people to care about the people of chorus if the reds and blues showed up and met a few nameless soldiers and maybe like one person on each side they kind of cared about it'd be okay but i really really wanted chorus to feel like a place that had been alive and populated and had its own thing going on before the reds and blues showed up so one of um one of the challenges in season 12 and obviously through season 13 is i never wanted there to be a good side or a bad side to the course civil war um, you know, it was always, you can see the pros and cons that, that each general brings to the table in both, you know, the way that they behave as well as the things that they fight for. Um, and yeah, like you said, we spent a lot of time with the New Republic in season 12 just because that was kind of the way that we wanted to mislead the audience. Um, so it's a little bit of catch up for the Federal Army, which is why Doyle and Gray, the two characters that kind of represent the feds, are such loud characters. You know, they're not just, you know, the, 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 the New Republic, you get Kimball and four lieutenants and then also Matthews and, you know, a few people here and there. Um, but with Doyle, because, or with the feds, because we didn't have a ton of time in season 12 and we were running out of characters that we could put on screen, <laughs> uh, I needed to try and be economical with our cast, so I decided to make them really, really loud and really, really strong characters. And yeah, now that we've seen how Kimball is this awesome leader in season 12, um, I really wanted the audience to get a chance to see Doyle's side of things and how he's not just, I mean, well, he is a weenie, but uh, he's a lovable weenie. And I think the world needs more lovable weenies. Hashtag the <laughs> world needs weenie. more lovable weenies. Hashtag lovable weenie. Uh, yes. Yes. So we do my, have a question. Thing, my favorite thing to come out of our previous episode, our latest episode, is that the fans seem to be divided between people that think Kimball was in the right and Doyle was in the right. That's perfect, because there's no right answer. <gasps> yeah. Tumblr's a minefield right now. <laughs> it's pretty there, there bad. Right um, you know, people are hot-headed. People act, you know, by instinct when they're in when in scary situations. It's it was it's kind of just like a lose-lose, you know? Um, yeah. And it's something that our heroes are going to have to deal with over the course of the next few episodes. Well, and Doyle hasn't had the training to deal with this, and he has a particularly terrible arm because, wow, that throw was bad. Oh, so bad. <laughs> Not the best. Not the best. Not the best. Um, we do have a question from Tumblr user The Meta, Nereal. So, so Nereal! Hey! <laughs> 
So if Doyle had died on that cliff, who would have taken command of the feds? That's a really good question. Me. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was literally going to be my guess. I was like, great. The only other named Fed character we have? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody else could lead. No, like, seriously. They're, they're a little low on leaders right I, now. It likely wouldn't be anybody that made sense. It would be whatever the laws of the uh, the government of Taurus had, had put into place. Um, one of the things that... Uh, uh, I wanted to try and show with the feds, which we didn't get to go into as much in 12 and 13 as I had hoped, was that the main problem with the feds is that they are a bureaucratic, by-the-book society. And that it, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense for Doyle to be the general of this army. But because that's how it was written in the Constitution of many decades ago, and they must honor this holy doctrine, and not holy, but like, you know, it's, it's sometimes the way that people will look at the Constitution and really take things literally and not want to bend and, oh, our forefathers this and, and George Washington that. They represent a group of people that are just unwilling to change based on modern times. They're just sticking to the laws that they had set up when they founded the colony. Um, so it would have been whatever whatever the Constitution of course said. That's who would have stepped up next. It would, it would be like if we had a civil war between Republicans and Democrats. <laughs> I guess it'd be it'd be, it'd be messy. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind but of. Going... If the Republicans are win, they have way more guns. Oh, that's oh. Just well, kind of topical. And kind of the regimented background that the Federation comes from, why would somebody like Dr. Gray be on the side of the Federation? Because she doesn't seem to really care about rules and protocol. She may have been enlisted. Yeah. She may have I don't know, Miles is smiling and Aaron's smiling back. I think I think we have something here. Well, I just don't know, like I don't want to answer something incorrectly, especially with you right here. Like normally I would just make up some kind of answer that I feel is right. <laughs> Here, there's an actual answer. So. I'm going to be checking the canon on your response. <laughs> Make up an answer because that's what we do all the time. I, I feel like she was like that, but she had been put in such strenuous situations that after a certain point, she's broken mentally, and now she just does whatever she wants because what are you going to do? You're going to stop me? I got some stuff. You want to see it? Like we could, we could talk back in my office. <laughs> She's a She's, doctor. You don't argue with a doctor. She's chaotic good. <laughs> yeah. Is that good? Was that a good answer? That was good. No, no, that okay. was good. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's actually, yeah, so we, not to pimp out the book again, but we just put up the Red vs. Blue guide uh, that's now available for pre-order at redversblue.com. And uh, that was actually, there was something that was, there was a scene about Dr. Emily Gray that was going to go into the season, but we just didn't have the time for it, so Aww. we had to scrap it. Uh, and instead, that scene, in a way, made it into the book in Dr. Emily Gray's uh, uh, biography section yeah. about who she was before she went absolutely bonkers. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's really sad. It's like really sad. Well, and that's the thing with this show and insanity, because we also have dog back. And I'm Doc so so yeah. Hashtag the, happy. Hashtag there's Doc 2K15. Yes. <laughs> He mentions, you know, being in a plane with no time and losing yes. his mind and finding it again. And the thing is, 
look at the different views of insanity we have on the show. That's we have so Wash, where yeah. it's the worst possible thing, and we keep seeing the wreckage of that. We have Dr. Gray, where it turned out hilarious, but you can definitely tell something's wrong. And we have Doc, where it is a throwback gag. There's three very, very different ways to approach this on this show. I'm and so it's just happy. super interesting. I, well, I'm, I'm under the firm belief that everybody's a little bit crazy. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. But there's a little bit, and then there's these guys. <laughs> and then there's these guys. is a great way to put it. I, I, I'm wearing my wash shirt today. That's, I, that's all I got. I don't know about you guys, but I lost it when you hear the O'Malley voice. Yes. yes. <laughs> I was just like, it's happening. Take two of these and call my other personality in the morning. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. gosh. I was literally jumping around in my living room. My roommates were like, what is wrong with you? Ah! Like, it was just the worst. How much fun was it to write for that? It was a lot of fun. Because, um, you know, obviously we had this super long play gag that nobody realizes that Doc is gone. And we were going to have to resolve that at the end of the trilogy. Um, so it was really fun because everybody knew Doc was going to come back. And I saw post after post of, like, it's going to be anticlimactic. Like, they're not going to do it right. And uh, maybe maybe still people didn't didn't enjoy him coming back, but I think I've always loved O'Malley as a character, yes. as yeah. as like a goofy, crazy, mustache twirling bad guy, <laughs> and um, and I thought it was just the best way to take the audience by surprise, as well as get back a classic member of the Blood Gulch crew. Um, we had uh, we had a few um, people come through the office recently that had helped uh, donate to our uh, Indiegogo for Laser Team. And they got to see a few episodes early, and there was this one girl that was a huge fan of the show, and uh, she got to see episode 10 early. And, of course, she jumps up and down as soon as Doc comes back. But then, like you were saying, as soon as his laugh starts to go into the O'Malley laugh, her jaw dropped. <laughs> <laughs> or what to do, and she just, like, shook very violently. And it was great! Um, so it was, uh, it's been, and it's, it's also just fun. I love Matt. Matt, as busy as he is, still finds a time to come in and record for Sarge and Doc and now O'Malley. And I think he had a lot of fun getting back into this character that we hadn't seen for quite some time. So are we going to have more of O'Malley this season then? Oh, you better believe it. Yes! <laughs> Finally! This day just got ten times better. I mean, that besides seeing an... your beautiful faces, but like, just seriously, ten times better. <laughs> that was an enthusiastic oh, and unanimous response. For the rest of the season. <laughs> I'm so excited. I actually forgot to put Doc on my notes. Really? Yeah, oh, he's that, was not the, that, was, that was the first thing I wanted to talk about. I was like, Santa, and I need to talk about Doc. <laughs> Santa and Doc. We weren't expecting either of them coming. Priorities. Hey, man. Talk a little bit about what happens at the Alpha crash site, because I want to talk about Wash, because I'm horribly, horribly biased, and this was one of my favorite stupid things to happen this oh season. God. Oh, my God. He got jerk of the week for it, but I don't care. It was great. It was pretty awesome. It was a really, really great tactic, um, because it just shows that he really does understand the way somebody like Locust thinks, mm -hmm. and is able to use that to his advantage, and you really do see the difference between them. Well, to an extent, the two have a ton of parallels. Yep. Locust does see the similarities, and he kind of I think he wants Wash to validate what he's been through and be like, I'm a soldier, you're a soldier, we've both done terrible things because of orders. Eh? Eh? And Wash is like, no. God, no. Tell me I'm not a bad person. You're a terrible person. So it turns out that the mission at Alpha Site is a setup. As you do, because yeah. nothing ever goes right for anyone on this show. 
And they essentially have to find a way to get out because there's no way reinforcements are coming in time. Well, the ship's still there, the engines are still hosed, and Simmons can figure out a way to screw up the engines, give them a smoke screen, and get out. The problem is there is invisible sniper fire. Yeah. We all know who's behind that. And just wash baiting him. I know you want to talk. We should talk. I'm over here. Just like, how much more obvious could you get? It smells like a trap. Wash is not dumb enough for it just, this. I just, it just screams, it's a trap. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the first thing that crossed my brain. <laughs> well, I think Locust still thinks he's better than Wash at this point. Well, yeah. Especially after last season. So he straight up goes for it, and then the lieutenants take him out, which is just... Oh, so You just awesome. got taken out by bitters. That's a low wow. point. That's... Yeah, I didn't think about that the whole way through. I was just kind of like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Like, just ah. slow clap that sucker out. Bitters <laughs> was the one who took you out. Well done. Way to be. And I wrote this down because I love this quote, and I have to find it. You might see our similarities, Locus, but you still can't see that between the two of us, I'm the soldier, and you're just a killer. Oh. Give me a mic to drop. I swear. That I, I would let you drop that one, but it's kind of expensive. no. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Hence the miming and not actually doing it. Yes, because I understand that. <laughs> but wow, just <laughs> <laughs> drinking. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> For everyone who's listening on iTunes, we're, we're watching our guests drinking straight from the bottle. Oh, Is that oh, vodka? It's, it's lemon vodka. It's oh, oh, man. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> oh, dear. It has to be strong. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm curious as to the thought that went into this scene, the trap and then the reverse trap. Was there... Anything in particular you wanted to do? Did you have this planned out, or was this just, this is a great thing, let's roll? Well, um, again, we we obviously set up this obviously. big, we, we, we set up these, uh, we set up a bunch of foils this season. Uh, Sharkface, the foil to Carolina, Locust, yes. the foil to Wash, and Felix, the foil to pretty much fucking everybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone just wants to hit him in the face. Um, but again, a lot of the stuff that, a lot of the challenges this season were coming down to, how much can we fit into one episode? We just did not have the ability to do a giant crazy ice fight, as well as a giant crazy machinima fight, as well as a giant crazy locust and wash fight in the middle of a battlefield. It just wasn't feasible. So um, the idea came from the way that uh, wash and locust kind of ended things last season, which was a battle of wits. Um, Locus obviously has this really obsessive personality, and one of the things that he can't stand about himself is uh, his human side. Uh, you know, all of these human emotions are huge weaknesses, and it's proven in the fact that he gets completely duped by Wash. Um, I think really I just wanted Wash and Locus to have another moment to kind of talk in their in the weird way that they talk, <laughs> you know, over a giant battlefield. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, playing with these two characters that, as you said, have been through a bunch of really crazy psychological, traumatizing situations, and how they kind of play mind games with one another. Um, it's something that's been uh, a lot of fun to revisit, and I thought it would be kind of cool in, uh, in uh, episode 11. Well, some people like to talk over coffee, and some people like to talk over murder. It just depends. <laughs> Although I'm, sounds like my Tuesday. <laughs> I know we're not we're not even murder or coffee. Uh, I guess I'll leave you up to the imagination there. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. It also depends on depends the week. Depends on the Tuesday. Yeah. 
I'm, I know we're not even close to predictions, but I'm leaving this here. Rule of threes. Next time those three meet, someone's going to die. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one that felt that. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> Miles just grinning like, yeah. yeah. words. <laughs> we'll see. Eh? Anything could happen. Eh? Rule of threes. Do we have anything else to cover from the alpha side? Is there... Um, just that I I, love, I loved the Predator reference. Yes! yes! That was awesome. <laughs> you, yeah, it was you Predator knockoff, and I don't think I can read the first half of that on nope. air, because I nope. did write nope. it down. Nope. <laughs> it's just like, no. Right. I apologize for my swearing. <laughs> I warned him. I told him. I forgot. <laughs> I, I think it's very colorful, and I'm excited, so it it's just, all good. It just means that we're going to be rated explicit on iTunes, but just, I try not to. well I try not to do it because if I start I won't stop it's true it's hard once you get into the habit to to break that habit anyway wasn't it red versus blue that got us swearing that badly really yeah (laughs) really (laughs) in high school yeah okay that makes more sense see mine was South Park but yeah (laughs) alright different flavors oh yeah my dad Sounds way darker than it actually is. <laughs> I said father. He is nothing but a gentleman. Uh, actually, you know what? It's okay, because I totally feel you. My mom has the worst potty mouth, so technically I got it from her. That's why she was okay with me watching South Park in, like, middle school, so you're Let's fine. Let's talk about iTunes. Yes, please. <laughs> can, can one of you guys pull up iTunes on the thing, see if we... Yes, I will look for back. everyone race, yeah. who has. Oh no, you better. Go oh forward. boy, <laughs> <laughs> we don't need another race that ended so what poorly. I'm gonna win. Okay, for everyone who watches the show, who listens on iTunes, thank you so much. For those of you who have, who have rated, who have left us reviews, not only does it let us know that you love us, and we know you love us, right? <laughs> you better. <laughs> It lets the studio know that we're doing a good job. You want to hear us talk about more soldiers in a box canyon in the middle of in the middle of nowhere. And when you leave those reviews, when you rate us five stars, you tell the studio, "Hey, we want this show. We want more of this show. Please keep doing the thing." So it helps us. It helps you get quality content. It helps us get these wonderful guests on who yeah. seem to be miming an entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Interpretive dance. Interpretive. You know, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Anyway, thank you guys. And if you leave reviews, you get shout-outs on the show. Do we have anything new? We, um... June 8th. Uh, that's Close cool. enough. Okay. <laughs> it's been like four weeks. From our good friend uh, Pyrotechnic. Oh. Uh, he says, great podcast. He's a fan of one of our other shows, or several of our other shows, actually. Awesome podcast with great questions from the fandom and the interviews who are fans of the show, the interviewers who are fans of the show as well. Thanks for making uh, the RVB podcast and keep making podcasts for RVB, Ruby, and any other Roosty, Rooster Teeth shows. Roosty? Roosties. I can read. I'm literate. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. You gave us five stars. Oh, you are a good person, and people say nice awesome. things about you. And if they don't, they should start. Well, he's also the guy who won the Optimus Prime figure on the yes, Robots he, in Disguise. Oh, so. yeah, like, that yeah, name that was really him. familiar to me, and I was like, oh, look at you. Just yeah. Butner it. But, but, oh, okay. I'm going to bring it back. Uh, butter it. Butter it. Butter it. I think there's some lemon vodka in here somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> he's a fan of Ruby, Red versus Blue, and Robots. It's the three R's. And you're just good in my book. <laughs> yes. 
So we have a question from Tumblr user Jero, J-E-R-O, 1331. What exactly happened to Epsilon during the Carolina and Sharkface fight? And are the other AI fragments still functional? That's a good question. Yes, it is. <laughs> Does it have a good answer? I can tell you this. I can tell you this. Nothing good. <laughs> we, uh, we, have a, we have a PSA coming out next week, which I know some fans will lament over, but let me tell you, love I love this PSA. <laughs> Um, and uh, but but uh, when we do get back to our regularly scheduled programming, uh, it's going to be something that our character is going to be dealing with. Uh, by no means are we just going to ignore the fact that that happened. It's something that's going to be addressed head on very soon by a few of our characters, and uh, we're going to have to learn some more about it. Okay, that's that's good to know because we had a little bit. It was, sorry, did I just run over you, you there? Did. You did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What? No, no, you didn't. Oh, I thought I ran over Aaron. <laughs> No, I, was saying I was just being incredibly clever over here to myself. You know? <laughs> clever girl. Uh, so uh, I apologize because a lot of people didn't know who I was in the chat. They just thought I was just some uh, just a random person. And they were really? like, "Oh, a Torres, a ninety, you're Alexis." Okay. So <laughs> you said your Twitter name. It's the same it's okay. name. It's I, all good. I don't blame you guys. It's fine. I love you guys. <laughs> chat moves so quickly. So yes, it does. So there was a lot of people who were asking questions. I apologize that I was missing it. I was, you know, again, lemon vodka. I'm, I'm not here. <laughs> So there's all around. So Alex King asked in the chat, this is a question for Aaron. Uh, are there any Emily lines that you improv things that you snuck in there that weren't part of the original script? I, I was talking to Katie about this when I was there. I think there was one line that I did, but for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. Darn. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I do. Yeah, I do remember it. You just remember it like four days later. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear it. But uh, I did once. It was great. It's my uh, pride and shining glory. What? <laughs> <laughs> that is that the phrase? Absolutely the phrase. not. <laughs> <laughs> you, mix, you mix knight and shining armor with something that I don't yeah, know. Yeah, pride yeah. and joy. Pride, pride and glory and shining armor. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I, don't get to, I don't get to add with Grace so much because she's just too clever for me. And she, I'm fairly certain she's just like making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be surprised. Do we have anything fun on Twitter? We have tons of fun stuff on Twitter. But do we have any particularly pertinent questions at the moment? Um, uh, we got one uh, right here for uh, from Cade Escobedo. I apologize if that is not how you pronounce your name. <laughs> for the both of you guys, what has been your favorite episode and season to work on so far? Mm. Ooh, that was going to be my question. That's a good question. Great, great minds. Uh, you want to go first? Or want me to go first? You go first. Okay. Favorite episode to work on? It's difficult because typically my favorite episodes are the ones that I hated working on the most because they're really <laughs> difficult. Um, I mean, like, I, it's also, you know, it's not just, you know, us working on it, too. It's 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 a combination of so, so, so many people. Um, I think one of my favorite episodes that I worked on, I'm going to take it back to... Season 11, episode 18. Um, it was the big shootout in uh, Crash Site Bravo between oh, Locust yeah. and the Feds and the Reds and Blues and Felix and Freckles versus uh, Lopez Dos Poino. <laughs> and I think that is one of the episodes I'm most proud of, mainly just because that was an action sequence that was done entirely in Machinima. And I think it turned out really, really well. Um, I remember Matt came out of his office. This is when I, back at the old office, I worked right outside his office in the bullpen. And he watched it, and he said, 
you just did a Monty Ohm fight without animation, and I don't think I've ever been paid a higher compliment in my life. Wow. Um, wow. Was a, that was a really... That was a really, really special episode just because of it was really just me and, and Kyle and Nico really working on that episode together. And it was a lot of late nights. And uh, I'm just incredibly proud of how that turned out and how we could take uh, video game footage and make it really tense and gripping. We watched yeah. season 11 recently and it was, it played out extremely well. It was super impressive. Thank you. You've got this incredibly, like, <laughs> touching and sentimental and thought out answer and in my brain I'm like I just like that I interacted with Caboose at one point <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah I think that my favorite part was was interacting with Caboose with with um, changing his, his firearms to whenever he pulls the trigger it's confetti <laughs> <laughs> life Is goals you know, you like me too. Where you were a fan of Red vs. Blue, yeah. and now you're part of the cast. Like, what's that? What's that like? I was. Well, I was. Oh, Dang it, my question. What's happening? <laughs> season one, and I kind of thought it disappeared. To be perfectly honest, I watched it a long time ago, and I didn't know that it was still around. That is a thing we get a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caboose was always my favorite person, and oh wow, I never really thought about that. Oh, that's so weird. Caboose <laughs> was my uh, my favorite character, as as a lot of people did love Caboose. And now my character is interacting with him, and it's just really exciting. That's so weird. I you never, just thought about that. I just thought about that. <laughs> you are living the dream. Like, you go, you go, you. <laughs> you are living the dream. Very exciting. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's super cool. I mean, I would feel <laughs> yeah. I would feel the same way. Oh my god! Yes. I mean, a lot of people now that we're doing the after show for season thirteen, for goodness sake. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was right? talking to a lot of people who, like us, grew up with this awesome series, and then a lot of people kind of you know drifted away for a little bit because they didn't know <laughs> that it was happening. But it was fun that I can tell them like, oh no, I'm doing an after show for it, and they're like, there's new seasons. Where can I find <laughs> it? I'm like, dude, where have you been? Roosterteeth.com. Let's go. <laughs> I remember doing that right before season eight aired. I yeah. got uh, season 6 and 7 on DVD. And and you dragged me back in. <laughs> Lord Megantron over here is like, you need to watch this. I'm like, I think I watched this years ago. Okay, well, what just happened? Yep. <laughs> well, and like, even just taking them back from the mailroom in college, I was running into people and they're like, oh, what do you have? And I'm like, oh, it's the new season for Red vs. Blue. They're like, that's still a thing. I'm like, yes, it's amazing. <laughs> Were we watching season 8 in college? Mm-hmm. That's like what? How many? God, how many We're years ago was that? Katie. Oh, come oh, on, you guys! Don't do that! Don't, don't do it! Don't do it! No, I'm trying I mean, to timeline it, and that is just a bad idea. Yep, yep, that Five is exactly years, yeah. how long. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Math. I'm good at it. No, I found this question on oh, yeah, Twitter, and I love the way that it's phrased. So Ooh, I have to ask it. From Jackson Morrill to Miles. So, what was the point of taking Doc out of the show for a while? I just thought that phrasing was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember. I don't remember. Ouch! <laughs> None of us can remember <laughs> It's just don't, like that in the show. <laughs> don't remember who had the idea, if it was me or Bernie. I honest to God don't remember. I think it was just, the conversation came out of, because, you know, the future cubes are something that we are understandably kind of ambiguous about how exactly they work. Kind of how in the first few seasons of Red vs. Blue, it's kind of ambiguous exactly where the show takes place, because on some maps there's a halo ring, on other maps there's not. Uh, shut up, don't ask questions. <laughs> uh, 
And that's kind of what we did because with you know in season eleven, Bernie was the one that had the initial idea for future cubes. It was what if we took the Promethean grenades and made them teleport stuff. And then I kind of took that idea and ran with it. And um, when it came time for season twelve, when characters have to go all over the place because there are no human flying vehicles in Halo 4, we had to come up with an interesting way for people to get about. So we were like, oh, cool, what if we actually used the future cubes to teleport? Okay, well, that's a setting on them, and then we started talking about, okay, well, how exactly do these work? Because they used to be... Griffey would ask the question, he goes, how would you get people to teleport, by the way? Because we can only get them to use... Like, we can only use them to pick stuff up. Um, we like to explain it as, it's just a setting they didn't know about at the time. But uh, in the time of Season 11, it was, what would happen if you were to use this cube that's strictly for teleporting items and you accidentally use it on a human and we came up with all these different <laughs> ideas and I don't know one of us was just like what if jo- Doc just disappeared and <laughs> no noticed and we thought it was hilarious because there's nothing funnier to us than completely making Doc's like <laughs> it's so unjustified you know he's like Doc is like the butter's of he is, my God, you're he's right. nice and like That's earnest and he means so well, but nobody cares because he's just surrounded by the worst people and the dumbest people and the most narcissistic people that he's just this good guy that nobody ever really pays attention to. Not even Donut noticed, and that's what was really sad. Yeah. Someone was like, they farm together! It's a ship! And I'm like, no, he didn't even... Sorry, guys, I sunk that one. You no special treatment. No special treatment. <laughs> <laughs> so the others who really didn't care for Doc, because if you recall, they've never really been fond of Doc, especially no, when he tried no. to kill them times. They really have no reason to care for him. But Donut lived with them for a while, uh, we didn't want Donut to realize he was gone. We just wanted to give him this, huh? Here, I just feel like I haven't seen him in a while. What a strange thing. Because Donut's also naive and stupid. So. <laughs> just another day in the life of Donut. <laughs> that is a PSA I would watch. Who else but a Donut? Day in the life of Donut. Well, we've got another uh, question on Twitter from uh, Dakota, and I apologize, Anselmo, I think is how you say the last name. You're getting both uh, hard last names. I know, right? <laughs> out of your Ruby and Red versus Blue characters, or just, I guess, out of all of the casting characters, who out of those characters are you most like? Oh, God, I'm like Jean. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be real. I'm definitely the most like Jean. Who, who am I like? Are you sure I you're not the director? I'm a mixture of the two, to be honest. Yeah, actually, you're pretty Blakey and you're pretty gray. Yeah. I, there are times where I'm really introverted and I'm all about just hanging out by myself, reading a book, drinking tea, ramen, and all that stuff. And there are times where I want to go out and just be really loud. So, ooh, ooh. What? You've also got a l- What? I don't know if I said <laughs> What? All right. Don't, don't take this the wrong way. Let me explain myself. You've got a little bit of sister in you. A little bit of sister in you. By that I mean you like to party. I'm going with that it's one. It's kind of a huge slut. I'm not saying that. Those were your words. Aaron, I think he just paid you back for that Miles is a good dick comment in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see sister. I, I'm rambunctious and just very boisterous. I think I'm I'm more like sister than I am like Grey because Grey is smart. <laughs> She's, she's crazy. And I don't think I'm crazy. I think I'm just very excited. <laughs> what did you just do? A little bit. 
I'm, I'm just excited and excitable. So I'm I'm on both ends of the spectrum. So I'm going to go with Sister and Blake, even though I don't voice Sister. Shout out to Becca Fraser. Yeah, yeah. Well, the option was open to all the cast and characters, and I have to say, Miles, at, the, Miles, at this point, I think you're the director. <laughs> uh, you're no, tormenting all of us without cause. I think Bernie's the director. <laughs> uh, does that make you the counselor? Uh, ooh. Oh. <laughs> Excellent script, Mr. Burns. Oh, I don't like that. No, I don't like one bit. Say it, Mr. That's Burns. That's so weird. Oh my God. Yeah, Bernie's He's Mr. Like- Burns. Excellent. <laughs> now that we have wow. gone gloriously off topic, oh my brain. Let's go back a little bit. Let's let's talk about a freelancer. Let's talk about Carolina and Sharkface. Oh, so Let's talk about how amazing oh, the action good. sequence was and how poorly that went down can for I, some parties can I just involved. Say, I never anticipated that we would ever get a luge fight. Oh, in red that was blue. So and then cool. the Assassin's Creed flamethrowers. Oh, hey, hey, that was my favorite part. I was just like, oh my god, what's happening? On one hand, that's really cool. On the other hand, where do you keep the fuel for that? On the third uh, mutated hand, he was skiing with them. Oh yeah, okay, well. I didn't think about that, but if you look closely, if you look closely, there are little hoses, and I'm just saying he's got a really big pack of something on the back of his Spartan armor. Who knows what it could be? Probably gas. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. But it was really well animated. It was it was a fantastic I, scene, and I kind of liked that Carolina didn't recognize him because he's all indignant about. I it. He's know. like, you don't even remember. <laughs> and I was just like, oh come on, girl, get it together. Well, you know, on Carolina's side, it was, but for me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. That's exactly Thank what you. it is. <laughs> And just shark face keeping up. I will say I laughed like an idiot when Felix called him Freddy Krueger. <gasps> I lost know. my noise. <laughs> but that was that was, that was and just the luge fight and using so using her willingness to compete against her, mm-hmm. making it a competition, making it a race, doing what the counselor advised him to do. So that came into play, and now I'm looking at the other piece of Chekhov's advice over here, which is Wash will not let himself be implanted with an AI. Mm -hmm. Epsilon's failing. Yep. I'm worried. A little bit. A little worried. A little bit. A little worried. Just a smidge. And we have Carolina overtaxing Epsilon, and I think he honestly doesn't know enough about himself to know what he can and cannot handle. Because that's a lot for me to handle is very different from that's imminent system failure if we try it. Yeah, because as soon as he said that line, I was like, this isn't going to end well, like, right off the bat. He's still trying too hard to be church and not being Epsilon, and that's going to... And we have a question that plays into this, and I think it's interesting. Uh, Malachroma on Tumblr asks, just how long has the This Is The Story Of How I Died plotline been planned? (laughs) Has it been outlined since before Chorus, or is it a bit more recent? You'll... That's a that's a tough question, um, and I feel like I can't answer it without uh, without like uh, like shaping the way that you're going to view the rest of the season. It's kind of hard <laughs> to explain. Uh, but unfortunately, that's a that's a question. I'm just going to be like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so bring it back around for the season finale. Sure. <laughs> okay, remember that, Malachroma. Send it back in later, because I will not remember that she's, however many she's, weeks from now. Uh, I'm assuming Malachroma's a woman. I'm sorry if it isn't. But uh, they were like, I'm always worried about Wash, so I feel 
I think Katie <laughs> is what, is what uh, they put. Uh, look, she even said, hey, that's me. <laughs> Worried about Wash the life. Well, <laughs> that should be on a shirt. And <laughs> I have to say, it it's kind of heartbreaking seeing each of the AI fragments. Oh my god! Because we've already we've already lost them once before. Oh no! Don't bring and that back up. Seeing them shatter <sighs> right before our eyes all over again. It's like, oh no, it's happening again. I can't. This is the same season where we had freelancer flashbacks in the uh, testing grounds. No, no, this no, whole no, season no. is no. just like, did you need those heartstrings? No, you didn't. We'll just yank them out. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have a lot. We have a lot of questions. Well, um, we also have a little bit more to cover before yeah, we get I to know. that. I feel bad. I'm sorry, guys. I know you guys have a lot of questions, but we we still have what two more episodes left? When one ish, kind of yeah, okay. two topics. Yeah, yeah. So we know that Epsilon is functional because we had almost an anticlimactic shot of him just sitting there being like, well, she's going to be angry when she wakes up. Yeah. Like <laughs> all of that, and you're back. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was going to be Sigma. Yeah. I was banking on Sigma. <laughs> He's just <laughs> staring just at me. <laughs> just crickets. I think I hear crickets yeah. in the background. Something like that. Honestly, I, I really, I thought it was a good choice, actually, because yeah? it was, because uh, that, that, even though we're dealing with consequences of the previous episode, it was a moment of levity, and that's something True. Red vs. Blue does really well, that it's always done really well, is giving us those moments of levity. It's still serious, and it's still dark, yes. but it was... It was really kind of funny to just see him sitting there, and because then you know she's okay, especially after seeing yeah, him and it's disappear when she and, wakes fall up. Yeah. and her fall off a cliff. Yeah, I so thought that we was don't it. even know if she's alive at the end of that episode. So I thought it was a really good, like, okay, we're gonna ease them back into it this episode. And the fact that it's a when she wakes up, not an if. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. We did need that moment of levity, but wash fan i like everything super ridiculously dramatic. <laughs> you know this. You know this. We've hosted together long enough. But, That's always been the hardest line to walk is the balance between like drama and comedy with the show because you know you can't take a show that started as a comedy and make it completely 100% dramatic. However, over the years, people after the you know freelancer saga have come to expect this level of tension and high stakes stuff. So that's always one of the hardest things to deal with. <laughs> but that's the one thing that I will always take away from this whole series is that you guys do that very well. Yeah. And I tell people that all the time because I know obviously I'm rewatching all the seasons literally from season one to now just because why not? And <laughs> watching the first season on Netflix to watching it now is completely different. But the fact that we can balance it out to the point where you can have enough comedy and enough drama to the point where I'm sitting at the edge of my seat, nails in my mouth like who's gonna die next kind of Game of Thrones kind of style is just it's perfect and that's I have to commend everybody on your team for that this is hilarious but I'm crying yeah (laughs) all right right. so we just essentially have the end of this last episode to talk about with the uh, showdown between Mm Kimball and Doyle because talk about things not going well ouch and this is kind of mid-season, isn't it? We have 20, 24-ish episodes-ish? Yeah. We're definitely in the mid-season zone. Okay. So this is kind of a nice little moment in the action to just stop, take a breather. We have the moment of the feds and the news really do need to unite because, you know, a house divided unto itself cannot stand. Da-da-da. So Nice. <laughs> 
things I pull out of hey, man, etc. 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 I need to watch that movie again. <laughs> it's been a while. I know. <laughs> and we have that exemplified in their leaders because if the leaders don't get along, what motivation do the soldiers have to do it? And we actually got that an episode earlier, two episodes earlier, uh, with the Republic soldier yes. who was hunkered down and the Fed soldier wants to join him in cover. You can join over my dead body and then he gets shot. <laughs> and on one hand, it's like, yep, there it is. And on the other hand, it's like, oh, yeah, there it is. I, yeah. I it's also, not good. I also liked when the medic came over. Oh my god, oh, the medic. Oh god, Those were the game lap. grumps, I my think. My lap. My lap. My lap. My lap. <laughs> the unnamed purple medic is back. Does she get a name? Miles, tell me she has a name. Uh, she's uh, 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 Private First Class Super Medic Susie. <laughs> <laughs> I will call her that. Private First Class Super Medic Susie. That whole that whole scene had been something that had been I've been sitting on for a really long time. It God, it must have been early RVB twelve. I went to uh, uh, Jordan Sweers had a house party. I had this conversation with Gavin, and we were talking about action movies and and. I don't, I was just like, I was like, have, has anybody ever said, like, they got shot in the lap? And it became this whole conversation <laughs> that apparently made it onto the podcast, too, because everybody was like, oh, man, sick shout out to that Gavin reference. I was like, what the hell are they talking about? That was Gavin. our stupid house party conversation. <laughs> it, was like, it was like something that's like, it was a really dumb line that almost went into season 12, but then there was no spot to put it in. So then when this whole thing came up, it was, it, it worked out really well. And I wanted, I wanted... Uh, you know, we're a bunch of big fans of the Game Grumps, and uh, when they agreed to to be uh, to cameo in the show, I definitely wanted to make sure that they got funny lines because they're really funny people. Uh, I didn't. I also didn't want to give them like something really, really serious. If they'd been away from RVB for a while and then came back to it, I'm like, what is this soap opera? <laughs> uh, but no, it was really exciting to get uh, Kevin, uh, Barry, Susie, Ross, uh, Danny, and Aaron all got all got lines out that episode, and they were really uh, they were really awesome about it. So shout out to you guys. Thank nice. you. Well, we, we're getting the signal to wrap up soon, so we have two forces divided that need to come together. We have Carolina, yeah. who's injured, and we have Epsilon, who is not telling people what's wrong with him. So yep. we The have churches are stubborn, stubborn people. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> and they don't have really great luck with snowy areas. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, the grappling hook was back, and that was not good. <laughs> and we have Wash babysitting adults who are acting like children, Pretty which well. is his life now. And anyway. dish duty. And dish duty. <laughs> do we have any predictions? We're not getting the laser light show today, but nonetheless, do we have anything that we think is going to happen? I laid down my rule of three predictions already. Yeah, that was pretty much the biggest thing. I I think that because um, Doyle was the one that got the sword, eventually they're going to realize that they need to kill him for oh, yeah. Felix to actually be yeah. able to use it. So as soon as they figure that out, they're going to make an assault on wherever... Doyle happens to be at that given point. And or they may go after Tucker because we still have the Tucker and Felix rivalry going That's on. True. With the, Nobody's outsmarted me and lived to tell the tale. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's a dramatic voice. Come on. No, no, it was perfect. That's so, what I live for. <laughs> I would not be surprised if they went after them both because we do have two equally valid keys in play. Yeah. So no, another can, key. Sorry. <laughs> can, yep. Temple of Interior Decorating next? Temple yeah. of Interior I would Decorating. Like to see what that looks like, <laughs> too, like something in the extras or something. very yes. stylish. Hey, man. <laughs> and I think we're not going to have Epsilon by the end of the season. Oh, oh, I am sorry. laying that down. I think well, it's... That hurts me, but it wouldn't be the first 
first time Church yeah, died. I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's a trope at this point. <laughs> yeah, so it hurts me, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, I could get over it pretty quickly. Plus, I am known for <laughs> I am known for predicting people's deaths and then making fun of them when they do die. Anyone well, who watches the Arrow podcast knows that. Yeah, but this is Red versus Blue. It's pretty. It's pretty. Cut my people and dry die there. all the time. Evidently. All the time. Over my so death much body. death. <laughs> Any last predictions? Can we grab one last question from the chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, it's from Jay Spradley again. Oh, sorry, DB, uh, DBZ King's like, don't kill Church. Take Griff instead. Oh. <laughs> um, no, nope, sorry, Simmons will be sad, and we go, can't have that. Go anyway, back now. Continue. Uh, if you ever gave the counselor armor, what type would you use? I guess that was to everybody. Hmm. Oh man, I. You're assuming I have an encyclopedic knowledge of Halo armor. You uh, do. Uh, I guess the counselor would have. Oh gosh. I feel like the counselor would have. Mm, mm. Skip, next one. <laughs> right. Here we go. <laughs> let's let's come, for another one. Let's come back to that one. Like really small, like lightweight kind of armor, I feel like. Scouting armor. Or just so he'd look silly, he'd get the oceanic armor and look like a big daddy from Bioshock. Big daddy! <laughs> That's how I feel Well, about that. we do still have the meta armor out there somewhere that has not quite... Co- we have Chekhov's everything here. Seriously. <laughs> a lot of groundwork. Oh, a lot of groundwork. A lot of groundwork. This is going to be one hell of a season finale payoff. And it is a trilogy. Yep, mm. this is so. our last installment in the course trilogy. <laughs> will be many wrapping ups. God help us. That's a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do we have Tying another question to the channel? How are we going to call it? DBZ King zero uh, two says, "Are we going to have any Doc slash Gray flirting scenes in the future episodes?" <laughs> <laughs> Had to put it in there. Approved. Yeah, I also approve. Aaron, Aaron, as uh, uh, w- would you Doc? Would you? Uh, would you? Would you? Would you? Oh. <laughs> what about O'Malley? No. <laughs> <laughs> And the purple ship has sunk. There it is. <laughs> right, thank you. I'm interested in like picking his brain, almost literally. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that TV program. I would watch. That. I am. You think Doc? You think Emily Gray would be in the Sarge? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. They just seem like they're both have. <laughs> they are both kind of mad scientists. Yeah, they both have similar interests. I built a robot once. He likes strong female characters. Mm, hand me them look. Yeah. <laughs> I just got the weirdest shivers. <laughs> For good reason. Sarge was on just point these there. episodes. Older men. Oh, oh then, wow. then again, what? Maybe he's uh, no, no, no. We said the PSA. He's uh, he's uh, seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Honey bunches of nope. Okay, I'm just gonna exit stage left, right. pursued by bears. Can I just say, I love uh, when he's like, this is Colonel Sarge. It still makes me cry. <laughs> he was on point these episodes. Dial 1-800-KILL-PIRATES. Yeah. Operator, I need to place a collect called a vengeance. Yes. And they insist on the slow-mo. That was so If it's great. epic enough, life finds a way. I love, I love Sarge. He's fantastic. Good timing with Jurassic Park, too. Yeah. Life finding a way. Anyway, Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We had a blast talking with you. Hey, thanks for having you? us. Yeah, where can the people go to find you if they want to have conversations with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Zek. Um, yeah, but YouTube too. Yeah, YouTube slash Aaron Zek, Instagram slash Aaron Zek. It's pretty much all Aaron Zek. <laughs> uh, you can tweet at me at MilesLuna24. And uh, of course, we're also on the Rooster Teeth uh, website. All right. 
Well, thanks again, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next time. <laughs> that just made my day. Okay, for those of you who are listening on iTunes, you you gotta watch on YouTube as well. Oh my God, the Sam Man pose there was amazing. <laughs> I know, Alexis, I know we're leaving. Can- so I'm gonna say my sorry. I'm gonna say my Twitter, but I also agree with uh, K bits in the chat. Somebody tell me if Caboose is really from the moon because I also <laughs> want to know. But anyway, I wouldn't be surprised. Right? Uh, you can find me all over the interwebs as a Taurus eight nine zero. That's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of that great stuff. Also find me if you like my face at our sister network BlackHollywoodLive dot com for more geek nerd tech news. I talk about video games, pop culture, and all that good stuff. So would Caboose be like a magical space princess in that scenario? That's what I was thinking. That's the only way he can do it. (laughs) You know they have colonies on the moon, right? (gasps) Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway. Space! (laughs) I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter as the Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz, and I've started writing articles for the Movie Chick, Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out, and be sure to check out the Movie Chick quick reviews on our sister network, Popcorn Talk. I seem to have killed Alexis. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Kia J. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on Snapchat at Kia Prime, and I send cat pictures because that's what I do. I've also started writing articles for the movie Chick. Yay! That is Chick with two Ks, along with the Megan, because we do that. And I am also on the Transformers Robots in Disguise after show on Sundays. Thank you so much to everyone who watched this. You guys are fantastic human beings. And we will see you again soon. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. I need to place a collect call. To vengeance! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 